Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What are you guys feeling for dinner? Steak? Pasta? How about unfeatured articles? Hello and welcome to Unfeatured Articles, everybody's favourite podcast where we delve into the deep recesses of Wikipedia and find comedic gold, juicy, juicy comedic gold. My name is Curtis Lang and I am joined as I am every week by my wonderful co-hosts and very dear friends, Mr. Riley McNamara. Hello. And Mr. James Kehoe. Howdy. How are you boys? Very well. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm doing exceptionally well. You want to know why? Tell me. Because while you two were still struggling to get here, I got about a 25-minute massage oh, from, yeah. our, from our producer, Zane Weber. <laughs> what does this man not do? I know. It's ridiculous. It's Honestly, ridiculous. it was one of the He's best massages I've ever had. a human multi-tool. Yeah. Does this mean you're going to be too chill? I am feeling so relaxed. Gonna like, the podcast's going to go for like an extra five minutes of just you slurring. Yeah. Just like... And mm. my article <laughs> is the... It's like Dory speaking while in Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my word. Well, Ooh. should we get stuck into it? Let's. Who's I made an old man noise. I, I think I need a mask. Oh. I was just like, oh, here we go. You're getting one after this, aren't you? Back into it. I should. I yep. want to. I was... I was <laughs> I was going to say I should be, which is very rude. Which is a very, very rude thing. I demand. Uh, please. I'll uh, have the butler cook you up a steak as well. Who's going to go first this week, lads? Uh, we probably should have worked that out, shouldn't yeah. we? Yeah. We usually oh, well. do, but we forgot to. Yeah. You're going first, oh, well. mate. Right, right. Right. Um, So, boys, this week I'm going to talk about... Now, there have been a lot of wars. Um, there have been a lot of wars in, have. in the time. There's been... Um, some big wars, some world wars, if you will. I don't know I've if heard, heard of them. them. Uh, some a cold war. Cold um, war. There was a cold one. Yeah, no, a lot happened, but yeah. then also a lot happened. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, something. Um, have we heard of the bone wars? <laughs> no. The bone wars, ladies and gentlemen, and boys. Um, well, oh, jeez. The bone wars was You're like all- two months older than me. Calm down. I think it's a year and two months. Oh, is it? Yeah. How old are you? Old. Oh, okay. That gives me clarity. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> Bone Wars? Bone Wars, also known as the Great Dinosaur Rush, Ooh. was a period of intense and ruthlessly competitive fossil hunting and discovery during the Gilded Age of American history, marked by a heated rivalry between Edward Dinker Cope of the Academy of Natural Science. Sorry. Edward, sorry, Edward Drinker Cope. Okay, because Dinker is a bad middle name. <laughs> yeah, so bad. Missed, no, wait, it's the one big last the, uh, name, right? Dinker Cope. No, is nope. it middle name? Edward Drinker Cope. Drinker Cope. I would like to think that Drinker was just a very poor excuse for a nickname. He was just like, oh, guys, look at me. I'm drinking all these things. He's like, oh, fuck. You're a what was your bloody, bloody drinker. What did you try and get people to call you in high school, James? Uh, that would be uh, Spoons. How have we circled back to this? It's okay, right? I didn't have a nickname, and I was like, I want a cool nickname. And then I was just like... Like spoons. What's a cool spoons. nickname? You know, like Spoons. spoons. The cool nickname spoons. spoons that is cool. 
I imagine that's what Edward uh, Cope was thinking. Probably. When uh, when when he assigned himself the nickname of Drinker. Can we refer um, to James exclusively as Spoons this episode? Please do. Uh, Let it catch on. Shut up, Spoons. They're up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything. Drinking like he was <laughs> Mr. Edward. Uh, was just like, oh yeah, I drink to cope, and like people were like Fuck. drink a cope, all right. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, if he didn't before, he does after he that. Does now, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you know what? That's just another classic spoons comedy gag. Spoon zinger. Spoonsy zinger. All right. Please but tell me more. Spoonerism, if you will. Oh. How crazy is it that this thing? Yeah, I'm gonna just yep. slide um. past that. How crazy is it that this thing like has the name Bone Wars, and you're like, oh, that's so cool. Tell me more, and you're like, yeah. It's also known as the Great Dinosaur Rush. And it's like, that's equally cool, but I know nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know anything more about this. It's giving me no this. more context. No, I, but I told you a little bit. It's a period of intense and ruthlessly competitive fossil hunting in the Gilded Ages of American history. Of course. Um, yeah, rivalry between Edward Drinker Cope of um, the Academy of Natural Science in Philadelphia and Othniel Charles Marsh of the Peabody Museum of Natural History at Yale. Sure. Um, so a bloke from Philly... Up against a, bro- a bloke from Yale. All right. Like, Duke it already out. seems a bit lopsided. Yeah. Um, so two paleontologists use very underhanded methods to try and outdo each other in, like, this period. Both um, of them have exceptional facial hair. They Incredible. do. They do. But, like, the opposite facial hair. Yeah. One's got, like... One's got all chin. The other's got no chin. Yeah, and just a <laughs> big, bushy mustache. Yeah. Bold. I would have either. I'd go either. Yeah. I'd have anything. I can't grow any facial yeah, hair. Yeah, it's like very upsetting. Any facial James hair. James and I are... <laughs> We're baby-faced boys. Boop, boop. One day, boys. One day. One day. Um, we grow up to be big and strong like Dad. Yeah. 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 Riley McNamara. Tell me more about these underhanded... These... Um, so they resorted to bribery. They resorted to theft. And they went as far as actually destroying the fossils that the other had found. No, that's, that's a bad like, paleontologist. Yeah, like fucking these two dudes who are like professors of paleontology were so mad at each other that they went as far as breaking dinosaur bones to, I love to that. fucking Jeez. piss the other one off. That's hilarious. It's mental. Um, so their, their search for fossils went between uh, bone beds in Colorado, Nebraska, and Wyoming um, from about 1877 to 1892. So it was a period of, you know, like 15 years um, where it was going off for these boys. Yeah. Um, they used their wealth and influence to finance their own expeditions and um, procure services and stuff. Um, so it all started, uh, they were actually friends back in the day. Um, they oh. met in Berlin in, in 1864 and spent quite a few days together. Um, they named, like, they discovered bones and named species after one another. Oh, my like, gosh. They, that, were, that was the level they were on. They were These like, guys are so found tight. this dinosaur. I, got it. I know a boy named Othniel. Let's call it that. I'm going to um, name it after my best friend. Drinker. Drink Copa. Uh, <laughs> drink a Cope. Um, uh, so over time, like they, as as some relationships do, they over time soured a bit. Um, so they were mates. They they were they were pals. I don't know if they were mates, but they were pals. They were yeah. amicable. Um, yeah, amic. The internet says amicable. Uh, read into that what you will. Um, <laughs> well, they named they species. Doing it. They I wouldn't doing name it. a species after you, Curtis. Like oh, I would. Name oh. one after you. I thought you were going to be like, I would name one after, after me. me. <laughs> like, I, I would, I'd do that too, yeah. to be honest. Um, I'm hurt. I'm just saying. If I found a species. I'm glad that Liz Keogh is coming in in two episodes because you're swiftly becoming my least favorite Keogh. Fair. Look, fair. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Don't want to screw up the timeline too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, they, they part of the reason that they became less friendly with each other is because they both had very strong personalities. Um, Cope was known to be pugnacious and possessed a quick temper. Marsh was slower, uh, but more methodical and introverted. Um, so it's I imagine like he was like Busters host. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. They hate each other now. Apparently, <laughs> um, both were quarrelsome and distrustful. Difference also extended to the scientific realm. Cope, uh, Cope rather. Um, a boy drinker was a firm supporter of neo-Lamarckism, which God. is not a word I've ever read before. You said boy drinker and then a firm supporter of neo and then paused Duh. a little bit too long and I got really concerned. But then I did remember that it was in like the 1800s, so yeah. neo-Nazism no. wasn't really a thing. It's like an Pre-Nazism? alternative. Pre-Nazism? Pre-Nazism? Ooh. Um, well, just being a dick? Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. being a bit of an asshole. Um, and Marsh supported Darwin's theory of evolution um, by okay. natural selection. So there was that kind of like tension between them, I guess. Mm. Um, as one observer put it, the patrician Edward may have considered Marsh not quite a gentleman and the academic Othniel probably regarded Cope uh. as not quite a professional. Oh, That's as yep. scathing as it got back yeah, in that, the 1870s, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to butt in real quick and just explain neolarchism versus... Charles Darwin, Lamarckism, uh, Darwinism. Lamarckism. Lamarckism is the hypothesis that an organism. Organ, geez, I'm having a stroke. Are you going to explain it? Is the hypothesis that an organism can pass on characteristics that it has acquired during its lifetime mm. to its offspring? So yeah, it's right. like a it's like a um, alternative to yeah. Darwin's theory. Yeah, whereas yeah, they they evolved throughout a process of like different creatures. So I guess it would be if I could. Yeah, the, the best way to explain it is like. If like if I went to the gym and got super muscly, then I'd kids. My kids would be muscly. Right. It would pre predispositions yeah, yeah. to be like quite muscly. Yeah. 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 But, so but we all know that doesn't really work. Right. No. Um sorry, off Neil. Yeah. Um my dad's quite muscly. And I am You're taller than your dad. I'm taller than my there dad. You go. But I'm chubby. <laughs> <laughs> such a such a pitying silence where no one rushed to my defense. Ah, oh, fuck. All right. It's all right, guys. That was we, a cry for help. I'm having body confidence issues. We right. love you. We love you. Love you. I'll name a species after you now. Thanks, it's fine. Thank you. Tell uh, me more about the bone wars, please. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were, they were both, um, not only did they have different like scientific views, they both grew up in very different backgrounds. Cope, uh, Drinker Cope was born into a wealthy and influential Quaker family in Philadelphia. Um so like he had a lot of money behind him from the get go. It was like pretty easy for him. Sure. Uh, whereas, where's the other one? Apparently, we've only got Cope's we um, only know backstory. Cope, yeah. Uh, in contrast, Marsh would have grown up poor, the son of a struggling ah. family in Lockport, New York. Right. Had it not been for his benefaction of his uncle, who was a philanthropist, uh, Marsh persuaded his uncle wow. to build the Peabody Museum of Natural History. Um, his uncle being the aforementioned George Peabody, mm. um, placing Marsh as the head of the museum. Yeah. So. You know, it's the fucking, you know, well, just have your dad be rich and then... Yeah, so Drinker so drink Cope had family wealth. Yeah. Whereas, and Marsh um, didn't. Yeah, Marsh so, established it though. Yeah, yeah. it says uh, further up the article that um, Cope and Marsh were financially and socially ruined by their attempts to compete and disgrace each other. Yeah, so no, that means... They went ham. Yeah, yeah. Drinker Cope just wasted away his family's money. Marsh made a shit ton of money... And, and then, then, then lost and then it all. Pissed it all off. Which would you rather do? Waste all your family's money or make your own money and waste it all? My family's money. Yeah. It's easier. My dad <laughs> my dad still likes me, I think. So I don't <laughs> think. I know my dad, I like you and you like me. I know that for a fact. Jesus Christ. I like my dad. <laughs> I like my dad. He's a good man. Diamond Stuart Lang. 
Good dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're early expeditions. Um, okay, so like, let's um, tiny a little bit more on on their background. Um, two scientists had gone on. A f- they went on an expedition um, to one of Cope's pits in New Jersey, where um, he was, you know, digging stuff up. Where uh, William Folky, there's going to be a lot of names in this one, discovered the holotype specimen of Hadrosaurus Folky. What's a Hadrosaurus? Um, it's a dinosaur, Curtis. Um, Noise. Got him. <laughs> You're just saying a bunch of words into a microphone. I Explain know I your am. words. <laughs> a Hadrosaurus is a dinosaur. It's a valid genus of Hadrosaurid dinosaur that lived in North America right. during the late Cretaceous period. I've looks, said more words. Is that better? It kind of looks like a small T Rex. Yeah, with a beak though. With a more of a beak kind of thing, yeah. Um, is that just your reference point for all dinosaurs? No. <laughs> this like, one is a big T Rex. This a, one's a four legged T Rex. But this one's got some spikes and no. Um so no, this this no. is kind of where it started. Stop being mean to me. I've got um, confidence issues. No. Um so yeah, they went to they went to Cubs Pits in New New Jersey where someone found a dinosaur bone. Um it was one of the first American finds, um, and the pits that they had access to were very, very rich with fossil. They dug up a heap. Um, they parted amicably, but Marsh bribed the pit owners, um, the pit operators, to divert any future fossil finds to him instead of going to cope. No. Um, they, began, they began attacking each other in papers and publications, and their personal relationships deteriorated. Dang. Marsh humiliated Cope, uh, pointing out that his reconstruction of a pliosaur, um, a pliosaur being an aquatic dinosaur, like mm. one of those long-necked ones. Yeah. Um, he put it on back. He put the head on the tail, oh. um, and thusly was ridiculed in scientific papers. Gosh, um, they're like Hamilton and Burr. These, yeah, yeah, I love it. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Lima Miranda, write this. Write this. Write the Bone what Wars. What a fucking musical. music! This is a actually rap musical. Like, this would such be a good story. Let's do it. Let's do it. Lin Manuel. No, Lin Manuel Miranda. Don't do idea. it. I'm gonna. Yeah, we're gonna. As three white men. We're gonna write the next rap musical. Easy. <laughs> Maybe we can make it. Maybe we can make yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be rap. Like, maybe we can make we it just, punk rock. We can just write a musical. <laughs> huh, or a it play. It's 2018. You've got to find a niche. Um, yeah, so. Um, it's all dinosaur noises. That's it, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, Cope put the head on the wrong end of the dinosaur because he's a bit of a fool. Um, maybe got a bit excited. Was just trying to rush to get the project finished. Um, and then Cope began collecting what Marsh considered his private bone hunting turf. Like, um, it's, it's, this is like full on gang territory stuff. Yeah. Like, basically, yeah. Cope went into Marsh's territory and started like digging up bones there. Do you um, know Marsh was the bloke who um he dis- the well discovered the Stegosaurus, the Stegosaurus, ah, right. the Allosaurus, the Apatosaurus. There's a whole bunch that he like yeah. discovered. Put um, well, put together. Does, like, yeah. Hypothesized. Um, this is a very wordy article, so I'm. Uh, yes, it's gonna, a big article. You've, yeah. you've done it. It's it's very bold. I've yeah. skipped down the bottom uh, I, where I see that um, there's actually an episode of Drunk History yeah. that has a part yeah. of it that uh, is the Bone Wars. That's cool. Definitely should be checking out that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the early expeditions um, that were going on, um, directed in the American West because uh, of the the richness of large fossils. Um, I'm gonna skip most of this because it's all kind of just like. It's all just beef. Exposition. Yeah, it's all just um, like... All just, they didn't like this, each other. And then Marsh did this. And um, then- there, there was, he, they had a couple of guys each. Um, so like a couple of lieutenants, I guess, if you will. Um, one of them sent a letter to another one. Um, just like the the way they write, it's very like old worldly, but they yeah. throw some... They, they throw it some is, fire. It's Hamilton and Burr. I asked him yeah. not to go into that field that you were going there. 
He laughed at the idea of being restricted to any locality and said he intended to go whether I aided him or not. I was anxious to secure the cooperation of such a worker as an honor to my core. I could not be responsible for the field he selected in as much as I pay him no salary and portion of his expenses. You will therefore see that this is not a pleasant thing to work in competition with others. It almost seems a necessity. And then it just finishes, you can sympathize. <laughs> like, doesn't give him an option, just you will. Um, so yeah, some of the dinosaurs, um, let's jump to what he did find. Can you can you jump to um about the about Cope's death? Just yeah, that's, the this is it's intense. really funny. Uh, go for go for Cope's final challenge before his death. Um, <laughs> I would read it, but it's yours. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, so Cope issued a final challenge before his death. Let me. I'm just trying to find it. <laughs> Cope it's called a- Cope's Final Challenge. Yeah, all right. So it's Cope issued a final challenge. He had his skull donated to science so that his brain could be measured, hoping that his brain would be larger than that of his adversary. Um, <laughs> at the time, brain size was believed to be a measure of intelligence. Yeah, that's right. Marsh never accepted the challenge, and Cope's skull is reportedly t- still preserved at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, so that's like the ultimate dick measuring yeah. contest <laughs> you mentioned um you were trying to see what kind of dinosaurs um marsh and cope were like responsible for like um kind of rediscovering or like hypothesizing the existence of mm. yeah um and they talk about triceratops mm. allosaurus yeah which okay i don't allosaurus that is, no, that, is, that is a baby t-rex that is a small version of a t-rex it, it, yeah that's a baby t-rex um diplodocus which is the Diplo- massive long one oh, that you yeah. see at the beginning, like Big jurassic park where one. they're like yeah. welcome to jurassic park yeah. 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 um yeah. stegosaurus um they had a history of like butchering um not maybe butchering is the wrong word but like they assembled a lot of skeletons wrong. Yeah. Like they, oh, put, no. um, they put the wrong head on something. Yeah. Um, I, oh, fuck, it's gone. Um, yeah, they, they did a lot of underhanded stuff. Like they would frequently like tear each other down in like in scientific papers and stuff like that. Like actual <laughs> published journal articles. Damn. They would just like rip shreds off each other. Um, and everyone hated them by, by the time oh, they yeah, died. At, they oh, were yeah. like, we're sick of your shit. Yeah, and like all the scientific community. Because like it, this thing generated quite a, like, quite yeah. a hubbub. Like it started off pretty low key, but it like it went to like front page of all the newspapers at the yeah. time and everything. Mm. Um, particularly when they were doing shit like destroying bones and stuff like that. They also discovered um, the C- I'm gonna try and pronounce this the Celiophysis. The Celiophysis, which is looks kind of like a Velociraptor, like a baby T Rex. No, like a Velociraptor. Its skull a, looks a freaking scary. It looks like it'd rip your head off. Probably would. Nice. Um. Yeah. Anyway, animals. Bone Wars. Bone Wars, yeah. So, yeah, they um, became front page news and all the scientific community was like, are you serious? These these fucking idiots. These guys. These again. fucking Ugh. idiots ruining fossils and yeah. you put them up here? We're doing actual important stuff. Yeah. I enjoy that this whole snafu has resulted in the sentence, Cope, who at the early 1880s had more bones than he could fit in a single house, had fallen behind in the race for dinosaurs. Yeah. Like that being so if, a sentence. That's it, a tagline for finished, a movie. Yeah. It finished with, um, I can't remember which one of them. I'm just trying to find it now. One of them um, at the end of all the race had 52 bones um, and the other one had 80. Dang. Oof. Here we go. Yeah. Cope discovered, no, sorry, 56 not, not even bones. I've completely like pulled this down. Both scientists made finds of immense scientific value, but while Cope discovered a total of 56 species, he coined 56 fucking dinosaur species. Yeah, oh, Marsh damn. discovered 80. Marsh discovered 80. Crazy. That's insane. 
They were big boys. They were big boys. So yeah, Marsh. Um, congratulations, Marsh, the victor of the Bone War. She won. He won. What did I say? Marsh was the Marsh is the is the dude with the the chin beard. The chin beard. And Drinker Cope was the dude with the with the mustache. Yeah. Nice. The mustache. Be good. Well, well. Bone Wars. Bone Wars. Um, Listen out for the unfeatured articles, punk rock musical coming out about the Bone Wars. <laughs> Very excited. In the next five years or so. Can I do mine? Yes. Or do you want to do yours? I went last. I can't remember who went last last time. Yo, you yeah. can go. Yeah. You went last. I can't remember. No, James, go. All right. I'm going to eat brownie. <laughs> you went last at some point. So At some point. Yeah. So therefore- Okay, once again, we recorded a future episode before this one and we keep <laughs> fucking up the timelines. <laughs> Riley. It was ruined as soon as you mentioned brownies. Look Riley out for brownies Ke- in yeah. two episodes' time. Thank you, Liz Kehoe, for bringing brownies. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> you can hear her laughing in the background. <laughs> Guys, up, Liz. All right. Guys, I don't want to talk about too much, you know. All I want to talk about today is one red paperclip. Okay. I want to talk about one red paperclip. Uh, this now, well, started as a website. Uh, created by Canadian blogger Carl McDonald, who bartered his way from a single red paperclip to a house in a series of 14 online trades over the course of a year. McDonald was inspired by the childhood game Bigger Better. His site received a considerable amount of notice for tracking the transaction. Uh, he, He says, A lot of people have been asking how I've stirred up so much publicity around the project, and my simple answer is I have no idea. So this is a guy who started out with a red paperclip and ended up with his own house. I've heard of this guy. This is, yeah, this is really interesting. Oh, it's got a list of the transactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So King of Trades, Kyle uh, McDonald, let's go through it. So he made his first trade, a red paperclip for a fish-shaped pen. That was 2005, July 14th. Uh, he reached his goal of trading up to a house with the 14th Transactions. We're only at like fourteen transactions. Yeah. to get to a house. He got from a pay and let's go through it. So yeah, he did it in less than a year as well. Yeah, right. Just less than a Just year. Just less than a year. Like almost. Yeah, almost one year exactly. So July fourteenth, uh, went to Vancouver, traded the paperclip for a fish-shaped pen. Traded the pen the same day for a hand-sculpted doorknob from Seattle. Two thousand uh, July twenty-fifth, traveled to uh, Amherst, Massachusetts. With a friend, trade the doorknob for a Coleman camp stove with, with fuel, fuel in parentheses. September 24th, goes to California, trades the camp stove for a Honda generator. Jesus, moving around a bit. Yeah, he's he's probably spending more moving from place to place than he is like for the actual value of the items. It's a good meme though. November 16th, goes to Maspeth, Queens, trades the generator for an instant party which is an empty keg, an IOU for filling the keg with beer of the bearer's choice, and a neon Budweiser sign. <laughs> now, he tried to trade the generator before, but it got apprehended by the fire department of New York. So second attempt, got himself an instant party. December 8th, he trades this instant party to Quebec comedian and radio personality Michelle Barrett for a Ski-Doo snowmobile. Uh, gets a snowmobile... From an instant party, which is kind of a weird trade, because like there's no beer in the keg, right? But there's, there's an, an IOU, IOU for, beer. for some beer. Well, they get a fillet. Uh, get a snowmobile. Within a week, he trades it away for a two-person trip to Yark, British Columbia, scheduled for February 2006. Uh, around January 7th, 2006, trades the second spot on the trip for a box truck. 
So he well, probably, she didn't even trade both. No, no, no. He just traded one. He probably this got dude a trip. knows how to trade. Yeah, he got a trip to Yark anyway. Yeah. This dude is a marketing genius. Um, February twenty second trades the box truck for a recording contract with Metalworks in uh, Ontario. Uh, <laughs> there's <laughs> a move. city name that is uh, hard to pronounce. April eleventh trades that contract to Jody Nort Nant for a year's rent in Phoenix, Arizona. So he's pretty much he got a house now, but it's just rent. Yeah. Uh, 2006, he trades that rent for one afternoon with Alice Cooper. This is an interesting transaction, this next one, because in, on May 26, he trades the afternoon with Alice Cooper for a Kiss motorized snow globe, arguably trading down, wouldn't you say? Well, apparently, well, it must be worth quite a bit because Kiss memorabilia can be worth a shit ton of money. This is true. This is true. June 2nd, trades the snow globe uh, for a role in the film Donna on Demand. 2009 direct-to-video dark comedy film, um, and then in 2000, in July 5, so started in July 14th of 2005, ends in July 5, 2006. 328 days. Trades the movie role for a two-story farmhouse in Kipling, Saskatchewan. And it's a cute house. It's not a bad house. I wouldn't mind it's it. It's better than my house. <laughs> we have no houses. Exactly. Fun. Um... <laughs> It's not fun. Well, you guys should get houses. Thanks, baby. You don't have a house either. <laughs> Kevin has a house. <laughs> the world's largest paperclip uh, installed at Bell Park in Kipling in 2007 is an ode to that transaction. It's a big red paperclip. Um, he's just a guy who knew the art of the deal. Yeah. God damn, well, did he I, ever. It looks like he was inspired to do it. Through the legend of the straw millionaire, which what that that's how I felt like I knew about it because it's it's like a it's a Japanese like fairy folktale, tale yeah. about a, a Buddhist uh, a Buddhist folk tale about a poor man who becomes wealthy through a series of successive trades, starting with a single piece of straw. So yeah, that's like why does it say why he did it? Like the act, like this um, what's his name, Kyle. McDonald. No clue. Why um, did he do it? He was a I'm, blogger. So I'm on like, the website. Uh, I'm on the red paperclip website. Uh, the first entry just says, I'm the guy who traded a red, cap- red paperclip for a house. I also do public speaking, uh, have bought everything in a store <laughs> and many other projects. This is a guy who just likes to do So he does like cool publicity things. stunts kind yeah. of thing. Store buyer. Yeah. Um, I think this is, yeah, he bought everything in a store. What was the store? Let me go to the about section of another website called Store Buyout, presumably owned by the same guy. Presumably. Um, hey. Kyle here. One day, many moons ago, I came up with an idea. Let's walk into a store and buy everything. Everything's for sale, but nobody ever buys everything. What will happen if we do? I'd had a couple of brews at the time, and it seemed like the best idea ever. <laughs> yep. What a menace. Um, and then there's this big story about how we bought everything in a store. This man's living the dream. This man's just coming up with cool ideas and just doing them. Yeah. He's just living his best life. He's just living his best life. 20 bucks says he's got a podcast. And getting houses and stores <laughs> out of it. He's got a blog. He's got a blog, so he's beaten us already. Yeah. Um, DJ Dance Floor. You should look at look at redpaperclip.com um, because there's just a bunch of cool projects. And that's where I'm going to leave it. We'll put redpaperclip.com in the show notes. Show notes. I'm going to have a look at it. Please do. I was going to have a look at it now, but then you wrapped up. Well, Thanks, yeah, James. and then I was like, Curtis, what Scott have you got? I have got a good article. Great.
And that's the end. All right. Well, now we have to vote. And, um, We're going to vote for my good article? Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. All right, boys. I've got the Mari Man. The Mari Man. Sorry. Or Stuart's Giant, as it is also known. Ooh. So. Mari, by the way, is spelled M-A-R-R-E-E. So just a second, I am going to roast Riley. Riley, are you currently buying laptops? No. During the On your laptop? On your current (laughs) laptop? Just browsing. This guy, this Kyle McDonald's got me excited. What do you want to buy? Do you want to trade? What kind of laptops for better laptops? Yeah. I love it. We could do anything. Yeah, anything's possible. We could do anything. Go from a paper paper clip to a house. generation. We were told we can do anything as children. We can do it. It's what true. We fucking lied to. Yeah, it's true. Yikes. Tell me about the Maui man. <laughs> yeah, go on. It's a modern geoglyph. So you, you know what geoglyphs are? Yeah. Roll. Okay. Well, I'll explain what a geoglyph is really quickly. Um, have you ever seen in like um, Peru and that kind of thing, there's these big shapes kind of carved into the ground sort oh, of yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, so like uh, there's- uh, The Nazca lines? Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. That's right. it. Um, in, in Peru, so yeah, there's these big kind of like, and they were they were they were thought to be like, uh, kind of symbols and like uh words kind of to be readable by the by the uh, Peruvian gods kind mm. of thing. Um, so the Mari Man is a similar uh thing. It is carved into the uh fins finis on a plateau in the Finnis Springs, sexy, sexy. Ooh. Man, 60 kilometers west of the township of Mari in central South Australia. So oh, it's here. Yeah. I'm going to show you two boys a picture, and we will put this picture again in the show notes. Oh, yeah. That's what it is there. Good, mate. Yeah. It's very. It's a. Going to so, derail for just one second. Oh, boys. Uh, what kind of laptop Googled, are you buying? Googled. I yeah, found look, a laptop. Guys, I just want you to have a look at this, the specs on this thing. I Googled <laughs> geoglyphs, and there's a fucking star you coming up. Ooh. What? Star you from what from Pokemon? Oh, bad. Nerds will do anything if they get enough money. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, the uh, the Mari man de- appears to depict an indigenous Australian man hunting with a boomerang or a stick. Um, it is just outside the 127 square kilometer uh, Woomera prohibited area, which is a uh, major Australian military and civil aerospace. Um, so it's like yeah, no fly zone kind of thing. Um, the figure is 4.2 kilometers tall. Dang. Yeah, so pretty long and a perimeter of 28 kilometers. Jesus. At its widest. Uh, although it is the second largest geoglyph in the world. Whoa. Yeah. Arguably second to the Sajama Lines uh, in Bolivia. Its origin remains a mystery. So no one knows actually like who put it there. Hmm. Um, because it's in... Or the the other ones, can, a lot of uh, geoglyphs can be quite ancient. This yeah. one actually appeared for the first time in 1998. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Very recent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, its origins remain a mystery with no one claiming responsibility for its creation, nor any eyewitnesses having been found, notwithstanding the scale of the operation required to form the outline on the plateau floor. The description Stuart's Giant was used in anonymous faxes sent to media as press releases in July 1998 in a reference to explorer uh, John McDonnell Stewart, uh, who was a Scottish explorer and one of the most accomplished uh, of all Australia's inland explorers. So he he explored and mapped a lot of um, uh, Central Australia kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, So and it was discovered um, fortuitously by a charter pilot in an overflight uh, on the 26th of June, 1998. Wow. So it's just some dude being Riley McNamara, captain of the skies, having a fly. And he, yeah, he looked down and went, I've not what seen that before. That's, that's, not man. that's new. My, that's not on my charts. There's a naked man on the floor. Yeah. So um, 
Really interesting, but like um, it got a little bit contentious when uh, shortly after its discovery, the site was closed by the South Australian government following legal action taken in late July by native title claimant. But as of 2010, flights are still allowed over the site as a native title fell under federal government jurisdiction. Hmm. So yeah, big dude. Interesting. Big, big geoglyph of a dude just out in, um, he's a, Another picture for you boys, and again, oh, please. Yeah, the, that's, that kind of that kind of like, that's, that's a better yeah. representation of how freaking big it is. Look at the size of that lad; yeah. it's absolute unit. Yeah. yeah, I was so surprised when I read about this because, like, I've never heard of this. Yeah, Have right. You, you guys haven't heard of no, it. No, yeah, no. especially if, like the second biggest one. It's interesting yeah. that there's no known creator. Like, yeah. there's a thing here about suggested creator. Yeah, I'm just glad they got the penis in there. Really. Oh yeah. Well, it is a traditional um, representation, and a lot of uh, Indigenous Australian art has. They don't wear clothes. No, they wear yeah. clothes. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Suggested creator, Bardius Goldberg, which is a great. That's name. a name. A great name. Uh, Pinch that for D and D. Nice. <laughs> a Northern Territory artist who died in two thousand and two and lived in Alice Springs has been suggested as the creator of the work. Goldberg, who is known to be interested in creating a work visible from space, refused to either confirm or deny if he created the image in question. Which sounds like the sort of thing you'd say yeah. if, if you, you were going to get in trouble for exactly. having done it and had done it. <laughs> like, I'd, just, 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 uh, just spitballing here. Uh, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Who's the same? Yeah. So there was um, the reactions uh, across the nation and in the media were... Um, were, were a bit diverse. Um, much, of, much of the public and media reaction mm. to the discovery of the figure was positive. Um, the advertiser, uh, the state's only daily newspaper, called for the figure to be made permanent by excavating the outline down to white chalk layer in the, in the, in the oh, ground. Wow. Yeah. Um, at the, however, at the time of uh, discovery, the air was part of a federal court legal matter um, about um, uh, Indigenous Australian native title. Sure. So... Uh, uh, they were trying to, to decide who, uh, which um, uh, group of Aboriginal people were the traditional owners of the land, I believe. Mm. Um, the area was claimed by both the, um, and I apologize to anybody uh, if I butcher these names. It is a common tradition on this podcast. Um, however, it's both the Arabuna people and the Dieri Mithra people, uh, Mitha people who had been in dispute for several years about um, the spe- specific region. That land, kind of yeah. thing. Uh, the Dieri Mithra uh, publicly complained of harm and exploitation of the Dreamtime, calling for the image to be erased and the artist to be prosecuted. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, as, native t- as native title uh, claimants, the Dieri Mitha uh, took legal action to stop charter flights and vehicles visiting the site, prompting the state government to close the area to the public shortly after discovery. Hmm. The Arabuna replied through a solicitor that the area covered points of archaeological interest and that the artist could be prosecuted. Wow. Uh, in May 2012, the federal court handed native title of the area to the Arabuna people. Uh, the artwork was called Environmental Vandalism by the former environment, uh, environment Minister Dorothy Cotts and Graffiti by the South Australian Chief of Aboriginal Affairs, David Ruthman. Dang. Mm. So, yeah. Hectic. Whilst like, a, lot of, a lot of the public and the media kind of um, thought it was a cool-looking thing, there, mm. was, like, there was some deeper kind of issues going on here that made it a bit iffy as to whether or not it kind of was... A decent thing to do, that's but then fair. again, graffiti. Probably that's that's some pretty fucking big graffiti. Yeah, yeah right. That's, <laughs> and like graffiti's assume, always been on the kind of grey area of the law. I assume you wouldn't like, as with all of these like large scale things, mm. you wouldn't know 
explicitly what it looks like from the ground, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, with this one, if it was in 1998 yeah. or whatever, exactly. like, you might have an idea of it. But, like, yeah. some of the stuff, like the Nazca lines in Peru and, like, the yeah. the ones in, um, like, the other one, the biggest ones, the Sajama or whatever. Yeah. Like, those were made, like, thousands of years ago. Absolutely. And, like, how do they know how it looks? Like Insane. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's the same kind of, and I want to stress this, this will be the only time I ever link um, Don't do it. Traditional indigenous Australian art form and the swastika. Okay. However, well, um, all right, here we go. In the same sentence. We're however, it. it's a similar thing as to like where they only, you remember how they only discovered um, that when a couple of weeks ago when I talked about oh, the forest the tree swastika, one. Yeah. the tree one, they only discovered it decades after the First World War yeah, yeah. because it was the first time that um, kind of aerial photography, aerial photography could happen in yeah. um, West Germany, mm. I believe. Um, so yeah, that, I guess it's a similar thing to this. Like this was, it happened and then, um, yeah, yeah, discovered only by area. And yeah, so it's, it's insane that like the, um, the artistic kind of, yeah, like skill well, it mean, would require like, to like put this in, put these kind of things to the ground. And it's so amazing that like yeah, people a thousand I mean, years like, ago could do it. Yeah. They also built the pyramids to line up with stars. Exactly. Like, True, so there's yeah. all kinds of, uh, ancient people were a lot cleverer. Next level else. stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Time to wrap up. <laughs> all right. I'm just giving the wrap up single. Um, all righty, boys. Well, we need to. Um, yeah, pick we need to pick a winner. Oh, we do. We do. We do. I was spacing out. Curtis, so would I was you like, like to go how first? Do they do that? Yeah. Would I like to go first? I will go first. Can we have a recap of what we did? I did the Mari Man, mm-hmm. which I've just talked about. James, you did the. I did the one red paperclip. The one red paperclip. Bone and Wars. Bone Wars. I'm going to go with the red paperclip boy. Cause uh, that was the, uh, I really like that mm. the deceptive trade and the skill it would take to like trade all that yeah, shit right. to get a house. Yeah, yeah. Let me go with Bone Wars. Oh, I oh dear. Here we Zane, go again. We, I like the Mari man. Oh, here we go, Zane. Zane. We've had to bring you in a lot more since we stopped voting for ourselves, but I like it. It's good to hear from you every once in a while. Oh, that's nice. Who's yeah. the wiener? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who is the wiener? Uh, I'm I'm is Bone Wars. Yeah, yeah it's right. you can't go past dinosaurs. You always, you always throw me for a left field whenever you pick one. Really? Yeah. Nah, Bone Wars, dinosaurs. Fair enough. Yeah. I fucking hated cool. your article. That's okay. I'm kidding. It's not <laughs> good. I just like the paperclip one better. Um, righty, well, well, there you right. go. Bone Wars for episode twenty-three. That's us. Twenty-three, boys. We're getting close to the end that we are of the first season. Can't oh, we? wait. I'm looking forward to doing that bracket where we decide the uh, the the big winner of season one. Indeed, it's gonna be a fun time. Very oh, yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um. Well, we got some social media that we do. Um, Talk to me about it, Jake. So I'll do it. So we're on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash/unfeaturedarticles. Uh, Instagram is unfeatured articles. Uh, Twitter is unfeatured pod. Uh, you can also find us where you're listening right now, which, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. Uh, feel free to share us around with your friends if you enjoy the show. Uh, please, we greatly please appreciate do that. that. Um, we know you might not want to, but uh, do it for your pa- for your pals, the boys. Yes, uh, thank <laughs> you. That's not canon for hosting us on the network. What else can we find on that's not canon productions, folks? Oh well, we can find your great podcast. Uh, you do another one, my song suck with that's our right. dear friend, your uh, Brisbane pop sensation, your man Alex Smith. That's it. What are you doing that one? Uh, we talk about his old songs, the stuff he did when he was in high school, and also get some guests on who are local musicians. It's a good time. Check it it's out. a great time. You can, other, you can also find other podcasts like uh, And Then They Fucked, where they read uh, just terrible, terrible, fan, sexy fan fiction. 
every week. Is it sexy? Yeah. Sexy in air quotes. Yeah, that one's yeah. hosted by our very own producer, Zane C. Weber, Julie Eisentrager, and sometimes Taylor Davidson. Am I correct? Yes, I'm correct. Hmm. Uh, you can also find Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, where they talk about all kinds of musicals with different people in the musical theatre industry in Brisbane. You can also um, find all these on the That's Not Canon Productions website. Yeah, go check them out. There's a comprehensive list, list Every there. one of them. I was just Big doing some we of the wrong takes. So. We were going to do. That's not all of them on the wall, Riley. Like There's like full... 20. I know. You're doing like I seven mentioned... now. You've got a cat one coming out. Yeah, there's a cat one coming out. Listen to that. Okay. You got any others going on, Curtis, or are you... No? I have one planned, no. but I'm not talking about it yet. Ooh, okay. it's a Zane and I still need to have a conversation. Okay. But In if any- you like theatre, mm. keep I listening. A little teaser. A little teaser for the cool. boys and girls. Anyway, thank you to the Kevin McLeod for uh, Purgatorian Friends, which is our theme song. And uh, as always, browse responsibly. Bork, hello. Bork, bork, hi. You know what you need to be doing? You need to be listening to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories, dog breeds, dog tips and tricks, dog puns, dog jokes. Dog everything. Out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.